Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. Say something exciting is happening. And there are, there are some exciting things happening. Last week, we set uh, a new attendance record last week uh, here at Freedom. We had 103 adults in the house last Sunday. I'm excited about that because that beat our, even our Easter numbers. Usually I'm like, oh, we have a non-Easter, non-Christmas attendance record. And last week we even broke our Easter record, which is um, amazing to me. Now, here's why some people are like, oh, you know, are you supposed to like be all about the numbers and something? And I would just say, yes, absolutely, we are. And here's why. Um, and, and I'm not going to shy away from this uh, whatsoever because every number, every person that came in here last week, they have a name. Every name has a story. You have a story, and every story matters tremendously to God. 103 people with a story who matter to God got to hear about this God, got to hear about Jesus who loves them, who has a purpose for them and was encouraged to make a next step. And that I will always celebrate and I'll never apologize for. And so that's what you guys, you guys get that. You guys, you understand that. And that's why we have been seeing God do some amazing things. So something is exciting is definitely happening, has been happening, but that's always fun to say when things are going great, when you're growing and we have an attendance record or things are going great in your job and you're like, oh yeah, things are awesome or in your family. And, but I can remember when things didn't seem like exciting things were happening. In fact, my Facebook will remind me of sometimes, sometimes, and I just had something this past week that was two years ago um, that happened to me that was a defining moment for me in my life and my journey. And we got to have, to have a picture of it on, on display if it's going to work. Is it going to work today? There it is. Yeah. So you guys don't know who this is, but this is a pastor in South Carolina. His name's Perry Noble. And I happened to go to a conference of his two years ago. And while I was at that conference, I was very much in search mode. Like, God, where are you? I need some answers. I'm looking, and it has been a while to where I'm like, what is my next step, God? I feel like something is coming, but I can't quite pinpoint it. And I was in a Q&A session um, in that conference, and we're asking some questions. I had had a few, com- or just one conversation with him about some of the things I was um, thinking about, but planting a church was not one of the conversations that we were having. Anyway, so I asked him a question. As he's responding, he just stops and he looks right at me and he says, you need to start a brand new church. And for me, I mean, it could be just some random person just saying that because I had had other people kind of mention that before, just kind of brush off. It was a total God moment for me. And I knew, hey, this, this is our next step. This is what we need to do. Freedom Church birthed out of this moment two years ago. Freedom Church didn't even exist at that time. But that's when I knew, okay, this is the next step. And, and God slowly started putting things into place. Now, let me just tell you, this was one of the darker times in my life. Exciting things were not happening for about, mm, I would say, the previous six years where God, well, I had a, a very frustrating time 
with God just wrestling, like feeling like there's something next. But all the circumstances and situations seem to be opposite of where he was leading. And so when I told you to say, tell your neighbor something exciting is happening, what you didn't know was Rita and I, my wife and I, we had a few sayings during this very frustrating, discouraging, and disappointing times. And one of them was, something exciting is happening. Even when it was something that we didn't want to face or we didn't like a, a church business meeting. I don't know if you've ever been to a church business meeting. If you want to see a pastor cuss, you can go attend a church business meeting. We don't have church business meetings here. But um, it was like, this was pointless. I don't understand what we're doing or another meeting. Or um, I remember one time during this season, I thought, hey, maybe what's next? And I, I, I kind of felt like God was kind of leading that it's not at the church that we're at. And so we were interviewing for other jobs. And they would seem to line up and be great. And there was a few people that I knew at the church that uh, kind of knew what I was doing. My, the pastor, my boss, he knew that we were interviewing and different things like that. But not everybody. And so um, I get done with an interview. I had flown to Mississippi to go do an interview with this church. Went great. My sister, she's texting me. She wants to know, hey, how did it go? And also that, that night before when I'm texting my sister, that night one of the head deacons was texting me about something church-related that's going on the next day. And so my sister had texted me while I was asleep. So I wake up the next morning. I read. It's on the little notification on my phone. You know, you just press it and there's a notification. And so I'm like, okay, I need to respond to my sister. And so I tell my sister all about the interview, how it went. Here's what it is. I'm all excited for the interview. Yeah, you know what's coming. I hit send. And then I said, oh, I think the last conversation I was having was actually with the head deacon who knew nothing about my interview situation or anything. And I've looked up and Googled, like, how do you take a text message from someone else's phone? Like, can you go to their house? And get? It was like, ah. Rita, something exciting is happening <laughs> here. And it all worked out. I had a conver- It was an awkward conversation, but we worked it out and everything was fine. But sometimes something exciting isn't always happening. In fact, things can be extremely discouraging, and we got to make some decisions and some choices in the middle of our discouragement. And that's what I want to speak to you on today. We're in this series called Hold That Thought. Some of you guys, you got invite cards uh, in front of you that say, Hold That Thought. That's for you to take and invite somebody who say, Hey, come check this out. Come check out Freedom Church. And many of you guys have been doing that. But as we continue the series, we're looking at David. And for the last two weeks, we've been slaying giants, we've been facing our fear, and moving forward. And today we're going to see that David's in a very discouraging situation. David had been anointed to be king as a teenager and said, hey, you're going to be the next king. Awesome, except there's already a king. Kind of makes that a little bit difficult. He's alive and you're saying, I'm going to be the king. Ah, Okay, all right, whatever, kind of cool. But I'm also a teenager, so he's not a king yet. Then we see he's going uh, to deliver food to his family on the battle lines. And he, he walks into that day as a delivery boy. And he walks out a warrior slaying Goliath, moving forward. And we're all like, yeah, let's go. And David, he, he also writes a lot of songs. Like if you read the book of Psalms, 
he, he wrote a lot of them. One of them, he said, in Psalm 57, 2, it says, I cry out to God most high, to the God who will fulfill his purpose for me. Sounds so awesome, right? I'm slaying giants. I'm anointed king. God is going to be fulfilling his purpose in me. Let's go. In fact, people are singing songs about David. They're, they're singing a song that says, hey, Saul, the king, like he kills his, t- his thousands, but David kills his ten thousands. Like things are awesome. But we see when we read this psalm, Psalm 57, if you go and take a look at it this week, or if you have it right there, look at the very top of that. And it won't say exactly the same translation as mine, but it will say, this is a psalm of David. Regarding the time he fled from Saul and went into a cave. As David has this calling in his life that God will fulfill, he's sure of it, he's actually hiding in a cave on the run from Saul, his father-in-law. Because the context of this is as David became more and more popular for killing Goliath, And people kind of knew, like, hey, I think he got anointed to be the next king. Saul kind of heard some rumors of that. Saul gets jealous. And the more successful David is, the the more jealous Saul gets. And he tries to kill David. And now David is on the run. And and David also becomes popular, like there's a lot of other outcasts in the kingdom. And so he gets his band of merry men. And so he, he has some outlaws with him. They're on the run, not for a day or two days. We're talking years, like five years he's into this mess and he's discouraged. I wonder if you've ever felt like you were called to something and maybe you couldn't quite pinpoint what it was. But the circumstances as you see them around you seem opposite of the promise that God has called you to. I wonder if you've ever felt discouraged and and doubtful in your life, because that's what I want to speak to today. I want to speak to your discouragements. I want to speak to your doubts. How do we we handle these things? And and, and the, the way we handle them could determine whether or not we see that promise fulfilled in our lives or it goes passing by. I don't know what your discouragement is in here today. Maybe you're, I mean, I'm not here to, to put on masks, but you got to wrestle that down with God. Maybe I'm depressed, God. <laughs> I'm struggling with this monster called depression. And I don't, God, I can't see you. I'm in this dark cave and I don't know where to go. In fact, I've thought about taking my life because I don't have any hope. I don't know where to go. I don't know if, if the, the, the darkness or the discouragement in your life is I'm, I'm alone or my career, I thought I'd be farther along right now or I'm in this season of my life called Los Alamos. Like, why in the heck am I in Los Alamos? God, where are you? What are you doing? I don't understand. I'm discouraged. I wasn't supposed to be like this because we all have a script, Right. And sometimes we look at our life and it's like, God, you're laughing at me because my life is so far from what I think it could be or should be. Where are you, God? And some of you, I think in your discouragement today, you're about ready to walk. I just want to tell you, you're not alone. I've been there. 
Let's learn something from David here. He's in a cave and he says, God will fulfill his purpose in me. We get the context of this psalm in 1 Samuel 24. I want to read you this story on how this plays out today. So you can join me in 1 Samuel chapter 24, starting in verse 1. Because this is the part, this is crazy. He's in this cave and David's like, I want to write a song about this. I don't want to write a song about my discouragement and my doubt and my frustrations, but David says, oh, there's something good here. There's something good here. So he says in verse 1 here in in, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 24, says, after Saul returned from fighting the Philistines, he he was told that David had gone into the wilderness of En Gedi. So Saul chose 3,000 elite troops from all of Israel and went to search for David and his men near the rocks of the wild goats. Listen, you got to know, we, the enemy is always going to attack your faith. He's relentless. And we have been talking about this like, okay, you have this calling in your life, but the enemy's not just going to let you have it. He's going to attack you. He, if you're going to take steps of faith, he's for sure going to come after you with fear and discouragement. He's hoping those two things, fear and discouragement, will keep you from taking another step forward. And when you're discouraged, he's going to try to send some elite troops to come and take you out when you are at your worst, when you're at your lowest moment. Don't think he's, he's some, oh, well, he's down and he's hiding and you're fine or whatever. No, he wants to take you out. No more steps of faith. But what we've learned in the past couple of weeks, you're, you're, the battles you're facing are not physical. I mean, they are physical, but there's a spiritual battle going on underneath. The battles you're facing are relational, but there's a spiritual battle going on underneath. They're emotional, they're mental, but there's a spiritual battle going underneath. This is what Ephesians chapter 6 says when it tells you to put on all the armor of God. It says, hey, you're fighting these battles. I'm not against the flesh and blood. You're fighting these battles. So put on the helmet of salvation. Put on the shoes of peace. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. And I'm like, yeah, that's good. And it says, take up the shield of faith. Yeah, let's go. But it says, take up that shield of faith to stop the what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Fiery arrows of the devil? Wait. <laughs> You mean I take a step of faith and now all of a sudden there's some fiery, I don't want no fiery arrows coming at me. Now you, but see here, you got to understand, now you're dangerous. When you take steps of faith and start building the kingdom and see that this is more than just physical, it's more than just relational, God's doing something bigger, something exciting is happening, expect some fiery arrows to come your way. That's why you're facing some of the battles you're facing. Now your eyes are a little bit more open now. Oh, okay. I'm dangerous. Oh, okay. I'm a threat. Oh, okay. I'm on God's team. And I got victory, but there is an enemy who wants to take me out. And he'll use your lowest moments to do it. He's hoping you'll use, he'll use your lowest moment, your discouragement, so you take a, 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 make a decision. You'll make a decision in your discouragement, something rash that gets you away from that promise. I want to talk about discouragement, but I want to talk about specifically decisions in your discouragement. The decisions you make in your discouragement, in your doubt, could be defining moments for the rest of your life on the course that you go. And David has a defining moment here. It says, At the place where the road passes some sheepfolds, 
Saul went to the cave to relieve himself. He's got to go to the bathroom. But as it happened, David and his men were hiding farther back in that very cave. What are the odds? And so David's men, they're some rough dudes. Now is your opportunity, they said. David's men whispered to him, Today the Lord's telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with as you wish. And they say, God's got your side. Like, come on, man, this is it. So David, he crept forward, and it says he cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. But then David's conscience began bothering him because he had cut Saul's robe. He cut a a piece, a corner. He had cut a corner in this moment. And he said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this to my Lord the king. I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one for the Lord himself has chosen him. So David restrained not only himself, but his men, and he did not let them kill Saul. And this would be a defining moment. I mean, talk about the unexpected here. Hey, 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 David, because we know the end of the story, right? David becomes king. I mean, we have, the, we have the benefit of hindsight. We know how this all plays out, but David and his men, you've got to understand in this moment, had no clue. So you could see maybe David in his uh, later years as king and his sons maybe gathered around because they might be next or they're in positions of leadership. Hey, Dad, tell us about a defining moment. Like, how, how, you lead him pretty good. How did you do it? Let, you know, tell us, tell us something that was like a defining moment that just kind of marked your journey. Okay, okay, okay. Well, um, uh, well there was Grandpa Saul. <laughs> um, you, you know, Grandpa Saul, um, there, was, there was one day he was trying to kill me, actually. <laughs> and... Um, so we were hiding, and we were, we were hiding in a cave, and it just so happened that Grandpa Saul came into that cave, and um, we looked around the corner, and we're like, oh, holy crap, <laughs> he's going to the, the bathroom. Now this is, you can imagine the suspense, by the way, being in that cave. I mean, their eyes are adjusted to the dark. Saul's coming in from the light. He can't quite see. And I don't know exactly what all this would look like, but at the same time, the suspense of seeing what's about to go down, and it's completely unexpected, which, by the way, your defining moments, you don't get to choose when they are. You don't know when God's going to put them into your life, and it's good. he's not going to do it like you want him to do it. You can't put your life into a, a formula, your faith cannot be put into a box as a formula. That's called religion. And, and as odd as this may sound, God is anti-religion. He, he, he's going to do it outside your box, how, outside of how you think he should do it, so you can get your, he can get your attention to say, no, I'm in charge of this thing. Completely unexpected. Here's David with his men, and they got Saul with his pants down as a sitting duck. Okay, okay, what happened in this cave then? Why is this a defining moment? <laughs> I mean, the, oh, we're, we're, we got our backs against the wall. We see what's going down. We're kind of holding our breath in suspense of the drama that's about to play out. There's, my guys are saying, 
Hey, end it now. We've been on the run for years. You're called to be king. You got the sword of Goliath. You chopped his head off. Just go over there. Chop his head off. Come walking out with the trophy and let's start this kingship now. Plus, it stinks in here really bad. End it now, please. Come on, man. Dad, quit with the fart jokes. Why is this such a leadership thing? What is the big deal about this? We've been facing discouragement and on the run for years now. In hope of this calling, what are the odds? I mean, it's impossible. This has to be a God thing, right? Right? Something stopped David from making a bad decision in the middle of his discouragement. Something smelled just a little bit off in this situation. Quit it with the, 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 the fart jokes, all right? <laughs> I got to laugh at this stuff. I mean, this is, I mean, it's in the Bible. And I think it's like one of the few things where you find someone actually going to the bathroom in the Bible. But anyway, I got a middle school brain sometimes. <laughs> something stopped David. And part of what stopped David was something that was happening both inside the cave and outside the cave. And we read right over it. There's a little bit of a clue. It says because we know where this happened. Like the writer of this said, this is where this happened in, in En Gedi. But it said, at the place where the road passes some sheepfolds. Where did David come from? Where did David get his calling from? Psalm 78 says, he chose, God chose his servant David, calling him from the Sheep pens. What was hanging on outside, this idea of here's where I came from. This isn't the first time I've heard God's voice in my life. I, you know what? I served God and I heard his voice in the sheep pens. When I was taking out the trash, doing the lowly jobs that no one else wanted to do, the tough stuff, the stinky stuff, the little stuff, I serve God with all my heart. If there's one thing you knew about David, he did things with all his heart. We're looking at some of his success stories, but believe me, he had just as much screw-ups too. We could did a leadership lesson from him on all of his screw-ups as well. We're looking at some success stories here, and this was one of them. That's where I came from. Saul represented in the cave where, where he was called to. He's stuck in the middle. Outside's where I came from. Right there, that's what I'm called to. And he's got all his men saying, do it now. But now i got to figure out what story do I want to tell? How am I going to live my life? Am I going to be the king that, that started this thing by killing my father-in-law? Am I going to be the one in the middle of this moment that kills Israel's first king, just flat out murders him? Hmm. I mean, you can, 
you could see the justification going on in his brain too. Like, I, I don't, God doesn't want me to murder. I don't, I'm not going to take that step. At the same time, it seems like this would be the right logical thing to do. No, I'm not going to murder him. No, wait, wait, wait. This isn't murder. He's trying to kill you. You're defending yourself. What's wrong with that? He's a terrible leader. He's leading Israel to get slaughtered. He, he's like, this is going to save lives. Take his life. We can justify just about any sin in our lives, by the way. But David, something stopped him in the moment to say, I'm not going to go there. That's, it's not going to happen like this, guys. God has called me, but I'm not going to take what God has called me to. I'm not going to take his will into my hands. That's on God. God is going to use me, but he's going to do God's will, God's way, not my own. I will not cut corners in my life. When it seems like I can, I can cut a corner and I can get there faster, no, guys, We're not cutting corners here. In the middle of your discouragements, God's calling you today to say, hey, hey, hold that thought. Hold that thought. You're you're thinking about going this way. God's still in charge, and we're not going to cut corners. I don't know how many of you are into Legos. I got a seven-year-old boy at my house, and so we're huge into into Legos right now. I like Legos, but I hate Legos as well. Legos are, um, are frustrating, and, and part of that is, like, you get it, you get the box, and you're all excited, but then you got to put it together. That's not the part that I don't mind. Like, you have a manual and stuff like that, but um, a lot of times the manual gets lost or pieces get broken or whatever, and so what we end up with... It's like, I don't, I, I just have pieces laying around my house. I never have what's actually on the box in my house. And so I'm frustrated because I see the box and what it's supposed to be. But when I look at my house, I just got pieces. And I don't know if it goes to something else. I don't know if it's going to this. I don't know where it goes. And I'm so overwhelmed by the pieces, the broken pieces, that a lot of times I'm just like, forget it. And I'll just walk because it's way too difficult. I'd rather just sell it in a garage sale because somebody else can do it way better than I can. I wonder if some of you feel like me, like this is a picture of my life. I want this. But when I look at my situation and my circumstances, it looks like this. And I'm wondering if God can even use me. I'm wondering if this even belongs to that. I'm so discouraged and doubtful. I don't know what my next, I don't even know where to start. And so I never even put together what God has called me to in the middle of my doubt, in the middle of my discouragement. It's easier just to walk. I want to give you some hope today. Because David, David said, I'm not going to cut any corners. He said, I I want you to, 
I want for you today, here's what I want. I just want for you to work with God. No, no, yeah. I know it seems way complicated. In the middle of your discouragement, don't focus on the whole thing. Let's just put one piece together today. I can handle one piece, two pieces, put them together. This is my next step today. At Freedom Church, all we ask you to do, our mission, help people take the next step in their relationship with Jesus together. If I can just focus, God, what do you want me to do today, right here, right now? I'm not going to cut any corners, God. What's my decision today? I'll make that choice. Tomorrow, I'll get another piece, and I'll keep getting better, and I'll keep getting better, and eventually, 1% changes, I'll get there today. David had a choice in the middle of his discouragement, and that one choice was either going to lead him so far off the path of where God intended for him to go, murder, or saying, no, I'm going to do it the right way. Now, here's the thing. You have to know this about your life. You're going to face persecution no matter what decision you make. You are going to get questioned no matter what decision you make. you got to know those guys. This is not a soft group of guys. These are some rowdy dudes. And David's not only is he telling them no, but this means more hiding, more on the run, more we don't know what's next in uncertainty because David didn't step up to the plate. His leadership's going to get questioned. Everything in that situation screams that they might leave him or even try to kill him. Read uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30, and you'll find out that they do the same thing. They, they try to kill him. They're like, we want to stone him. We, won't, we don't want David to be our leader anymore. Little did they know a few days later, he's going to be king. You don't know what's next, and you're going to get persecuted I, I knew a lady, she had been married for about 15 years and found out that her husband had been cheating on her. And I'm sitting in the middle of that dark cave having a conversation and there was multiple offenses that had taken place and trying to just unpack that and realize what is the next step here? Because I'm not like, okay, I'm going to try to promote healing, but when it comes to divorce and the Bible just kind of talking about that, and that's another conversation for another time, like she had every right to just say this is done. And so I told her, if that's the decision you want to make, I'm going to support you in that as best as I can because I can see it. But she said, you know what, Mike, the craziest thing is I feel like God's calling me to stay. And she was almost disgusted with herself in that moment because she's like, there's going to be people who, if I were to get a divorce, they're going to look at me and they're going to say, who are you to do that? And just cast all this shame on her for getting a divorce. And there's going to be other people in her life that say, you stayed with him? Are you kidding me? And there wasn't a, 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 
a necessarily right, wrong thing. And it was this middle of this discouragement, in the middle of this decision to figure out what do I do. And the only thing I knew, I, I was trying to tell her right or wrong, I just said, at the end of the day, the only thing you have to hang your hat on is what did God tell you to do? Whatever he's leading you to, you can hold your head up high when you make that decision. You're going to get persecuted no matter what you do in your life. I would rather go on the banking that this is what God's called me to do. Jesus, he said it like this. He said, blessed, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. There's going to be times in your life where the decision of right or left and both are discouraging. I don't want to travel either road. You have to hang your hat on what is God leading me to do? And I'll take that step today. I'll deal with the next step tomorrow. That's what I want to encourage you on because that's what David had to deal with in this moment. That's what our Savior, Jesus, had to deal with his entire life. He dove into the mess, our junk, our mess, our discouraging situations, and he came from heaven to earth and said, I'm going to help you take your next steps. I'm, gonna, I'm on a mission for salvation for you and for the rest of the world. And from the moment he was on this earth, everything was set against him. The enemy was after him, tempting him, wanting him to quit, wanting him to take a step off the right, just one path off, and this mission is over. And he kept taunting him all the way up until the cross to say, go another way. Go another way. Jesus was even praying in his final hours, God, if there's another way, I don't want to do this. But I'm not going to do God's will my way. I'm not going to cut a corner here and take matters into my own hands. I'm going to do God. I'm going to do your will your way. And then he gets... Judas, his friend, comes and betrays him in the garden. Jesus gets arrested, and we know Peter, our friends sometimes have an idea of how things should go. And it says one of the guards, his name was Malchus, comes and grabs Jesus to arrest him. And Peter says, no, not like that. And he gets a sword in his hand, and he chops off Peter's ear. And I I get a flashback to to David in this moment, saying, guys, our mission, our calling, our appointment here, no, we're not going to do it like that. I know it seems like that would be the great escape to get Saul right now. And Jesus said, I know it seems like it would be the great escape to get God. He said, I could call down angels right now and we'd be out of this situation. But we're not taking things into our own hands, not like that. We do God's will like this. Open hands, surrender, and trust. And that's what I want you to have today. What story do you want to tell? What legacy do you want to live out and share with the other people around you that you cut corners? Oh, I can, I can yell 
and I can win arguments in my relationships, or I can pout and manipulate an environment and get what I want. But I cut corners, and I'm left with only a piece of the robe when God's called you to the whole thing. I can cut corners and get to the, to climb the ladder of success. But I'll sacrifice my family in the meantime to get it. And I'll only get a piece of the robe because I cut corners. When God wants you to have the whole thing. Trust. All the way to the cross. If you're God, take yourself down. If you're God, take yourself down. They spit on him. They mocked him. They beat him. It looked like anything but the Messiah hanging up there, especially when he died. But they didn't know in the moment. They couldn't see the resurrection and the glory on the other side. Are you in a discouraging moment today? Are you about to make a bad decision today? Just get two pieces today and do what God tells you to do. That'll get you right in line where you need to go so you can make another choice tomorrow. It's discouraging. I'm not denying that. You're doubting. I'm not denying that. But today, when you can't see it, just take a step of faith. If those fiery arrows are coming your way, take a step of faith. You got a shield. Jesus, he's your shield. He's your savior. He's your healer. He's your rock. He's your fortress. All the things that David talked about. He said, hey, 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 my God, my God, I cry out to the God most high and he will fulfill his purpose in me. We like Philippians 1.6. We say this one. It sounds like almost the exact same. And I'm certain Paul writes this from a prison cell. I'm certain that God who began a good work within you, I'm certain of this. He began that good work in you. He will continue that work until it is finally finished. He's not done with you yet. Take one step at a time, and we're going to see God do amazing things. Exciting things are happening, freedom. Exciting things are happening. Let's move forward together. Can we stand? Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.